Welcome back to on today's episode here on the Culture Jack podcast. And on this show, we recap, discuss, and dissect uh, shows or movies that we're currently watching or we have finished watching. And in this case, we're going to be talking about Invincible episode number one, titled It's About Time. It's got a runtime of about uh, 45 minutes. Now, I'm Dustin, and I will be your recap and dissection host today. Um, Of course, Anthony just finished last week talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we kind of just started this show to talk, well, I guess mostly about these Disney Marvel shows that were coming out. We did WandaVision, uh, we just did Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we're going to be doing Loki. But between the time that Falcon and the Winter Soldier ended and Loki begins, we've got a few weeks of empty space. So uh, the last episode for this season of Invincible just finished on Amazon. The season finale just wrapped uh, for Invincible yesterday. So we're probably going to run this show right up to Loki and probably concurrently with Loki, uh, though it'll probably be on a separate day. It's it's going to move out of the Saturday slot to make room for Loki. Now, if this is your first one of these shows that you've listened to before, there are going to be... Um, a bunch of spoilers, obviously, because like I said, we go through the story beats, maybe not all of them, but we hit some of the high points. And then we talk a little bit about um, a little bit about the show and what we're, what we expect from it. Now, WandaVision was ripe for theories like everyone and their grandmother thought everyone and their grandmother was Mephisto. And then, of course, there were the heavy social justice themes in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So where WandaVision inspired uh, theorizing. Falcon and Winter Soldier really inspired a lot of very vibrant and colorful conversations. Um, We'll see what Invincible leads us to. It's over, so it's not going to be in the zeitgeist, at least the last episode that was played. So we're going to get right into uh, the story here for episode one. So it starts on a, a, a panning shot of the White House where a couple of security guards are talking outside the White House. And to be frank, they're not doing their job great. They're just kind of waving cars past as uh, (laughs) they both talk about the training that they have to have against uh, super-powered people, like defending against these super-powered people. And they're like, well, what are we going to do against people with superpowers? And one of the guards is very excited and laughing at the other one that he doesn't have to do all this because he's going on vacation the day of the training. And it, it really spends a lot of time on these security guards. And so you, you get this foreboding feeling in the pit of your stomach that one of these guys or both of these guys is is going to get it in this episode. The White House is then uh, attacked by two big blue dudes. Uh, both of them are voiced by uh, Kevin Michael Richardson. And they come up out of the ground. They got these big guns. These artillery uh, guns on top of the White House are shooting at these guys. And it's just bouncing off of them. And while they are getting shot, they're arguing about which one of them is the real clone. And they talk about, you know, we should have tunneled up into the White House. Why are we outside? And they say, well, you know, the president was making policies that were making it hard for them to do, I guess, their evil deeds. And so they needed to make a big show of it. They needed to intimidate the president. 
the artillery guns that are firing are useless against them. And then this version of, uh, or the Justice League, this version of the Justice League's Flash shows up. He is uh, Red Rush, is his name, voiced by Michael uh, Cudlitz. Um, he fends off uh, the villains. Some other heroes show up. Uh, there's Aquarius. There's War Woman. Um, Immortal. Darkwing. The Martian Man, I want to say. Uh, but they, they work on fending off the villains. And then... Uh, when Darkwing, I believe it's Darkwing, is struggling under a vehicle trying to save some save some people, a Superman-style character shows up. Uh, his name is Omni-Man. He is voiced by J.K. Simmons, who is brilliant in this show. He's, like I said, this version of uh, Superman, and together they defeat these, these blue guys. Uh, there's a funny scene, too, where the immortal... He, he threw a bunch of civilians up in the air to get them out of the line of fire. And he sees, as he's fighting the blue dudes, uh, he sees that uh, Omni-Man goes and saves two out of the five. And he keeps fighting and he looks up again and Omni-Man goes and saves another two out of the five. And the, the fifth one starts falling back to the, the earth and the immortal, you know, he socks the blue guy and then he flies up to get that last guy. And Omni-Man shows up and he grabs the last guy and he, he says, I had him. I had him. Don't worry about it. So they defeat the blue guys. And then the show cuts to um, Mark, uh, who's played by Steven Yoon. Uh, and he's at home with his mom, who is played by Sandra Oh. Again, two really brilliant performances throughout the show. He's reading a, a comic on the John. And, um, you know, his mom comes in. He's like, Mom, get out of here. She's like, it's, it's nothing I haven't seen before. You know, you're my kid. I changed your diapers, that sort of thing. And they start watching the news downstairs, and it turns out that Omni-Man is Mark's dad. Now, Mark doesn't have powers, but his dad seems to think that he will get them at some point. So he's at school, uh, and then he's talking with his friend, uh, William, um, and they're discussing the attack on the White House. And uh, William, what was William talking about? He was talking about superheroes and... Uh, Mark was, said something about Omni-Man that was a, a pretty gracious toward Omni-Man. He said, you know, he's great or whatever. And William said, man, you're kind of an Omni-Man fan, aren't you? And then William, who is a, a gay character, he starts talking about how handsome Omni-Man is and about his, I don't know, chiseled jaw and his mustache and all this, and which was very awkward because he does not know that that is, is Mark's dad. Uh, then Mark confronts a bully who is harassing a girl named Amber, and uh, who plays Amber? Uh, Zazie Beetz? Z Gosh, I screwed up her name. What is her name? Um, one moment. Let me find this. Yes, it is. It is Zazie Beetz. Um, anyway, she's not one of my favorite characters in the show, at least at first. In later episodes, uh, she... And by the way, I have seen all of these episodes of Invincible and this is going to be a show that you're going to want to watch however it is a cartoon it is not a children's show not in the least is it a children's show and also uh, it has some very very violent scenes so if you are adverse to that kind of material well then I, I, I really don't think you should skip it because it is good but watch through your fingers maybe as you cover your eyes. So Mark confronts this bully who's harassing uh, Amber and he gets his butt kicked by him. Uh, and then Amber didn't, doesn't like that the bully does that. And so she kicks him. 
in the junk, not Mark, the bully. Later on, Mark is at his job. Uh, he works at a fast food restaurant, it looks like, and he is throwing some trash away, and he accidentally, as he's throwing one bag, he throws it right up into the sky, right into the atmosphere. So it turns out that Mark has finally gotten his powers uh, similar to how his dad has his powers. And he breaks the news to his dad over dinner, and his dad doesn't seem like super jazzed about it. His mom is very impressed and kicks kicks his dad under the table and and he says, oh, that's great. Great, son. You know, let's get up early and we'll do some training tomorrow. Now, Mark can't sleep because he's so excited about this this training. Um, and so he's got a flashback to his dad telling him about his origins. And this is where we get the origin of Omni-Man. And he comes from a, a planet named Viltrum. And Viltrum is a super advanced world, he tells his son. And everyone there is is very powerful they can fly and they have super speed and they have super strength and they have uh medicine and technology that that outpaces and and really just uh, shadows all of the other planets in in the area and what they do on viltrum is they send out to different worlds protectors uh to other planets to try and help them help develop their technology and act as a protector for their planet. So Mark has this flashback and then he, he still can't sleep. So he goes outside and he and tries to fly and he, he crashes. Um, and then his dad wakes him up uh, early. Now the, the thing about this show, and I might've said it before, it has some really good animation, but then it also has moments of very poor animation. And a, a scene that, that showcases this is in the beginning when the two blue guys are attacking the White House, the Red Rush, the Red Rush, <laughs> he's he's a Russian guy, which is funny. Um, but he zooms off and saves a bunch of people, moves them out of the way. And the last guy that he saves, he says, sorry, I had to go so fast. There were a lot of you. The last guy that he saves it throws up and then two or three other people throw up. And it just looks like the same animation. Their bodies aren't moving like when when I vomit. I have, my body has a visceral reaction to the vomit. I am using every quivering muscle to get that vomit out and then just breathe afterwards. But there's, there's no, nothing, nothing in this that is spectacular, uh, in some scenes, but in other scenes, like the scenes of Mark flying, uh, in some of the battle scenes, the animation is so on point and they spent just the right amount of budget on it. Um, so he wakes up, he's tired, uh, but he trains with his dad who teaches him how to fly. And he, his dad said a funny thing. He said, look, you've got to relax. And he's like, how do I relax? And he says, you know, you've spent all of this time not relaxing. It's like, it's kind of like peeing your pants on purpose. He says, you know, you, 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 you spend all this time trying to hold it in. You just got to relax and let it go. So I thought that was kind of a funny funny line. He then teaches him some simple combat stuff. Um, and he's teaching him, you know, to swing with his, with his, uh, legs and, and gear back in order to, to throw a punch. But then he says, because we are, uh, Viltrumites, we can, we can fly. So we don't have to have the ground to throw our center of gravity, to throw a good punch. We can, we can propel ourselves to throw that good punch. And he says, here, let me show you. And he punches Mark full on in the chest and knocks the wind out of him. Um, 
And then he gives him this little speech. He says, look, if you want to do what I do, you have to be prepared for anything. Nobody is going to pull their punches. Now, I will remind you, I, I have seen all eight episodes. And there are, there are some great foreshadowing beats in this first episode that will pay dividends in later episodes to include episode eight. And especially episode eight. So if you go back and watch it or if you watch it for your first time, uh, just pay attention to episode one and then tell me what kind of dividends it paid later on. So Mark's back at school. He's a little upset about getting hit by his dad and not really knowing how to fly, not really knowing how to punch or be a superhero. And so, you know, the school bully comes up to him and threatens him again. And uh, Mark's like, well, hit me. He hits him and. He says, it hit me again harder, you know, and he, he punches him a few times and all of his classmates are like, what the, what the hell is going on here? And the dude, um, the bully, he goes, man, you're a weirdo. And he takes off and Mark says, you know, I, I just need something to punch. Like he's very frustrated right now with everything that's going on. So he, he dons like that hero's first costume, one that's just kind of, you know, cobbled together. And he's flying around in the, the main city and he, he hears gunfire. So he flies toward uh, the gunfire where a few guys are robbing a bank. And uh, these criminals, these, I guess, mobsters, are partnered up with this rock dude played by uh, Marashala Ali. And um, so Mark Mark fights, fights this rock guy and he beats him. And he, the rock guy says, what is he called or what's his name? And. He's like, I guess my name's Ass Kicker or something like that. He's still working out the bugs. He's still trying to come up with a name for himself. Then Omni-Man shows up as the police come. And he's like, come on, let's get out of here. You know, and they fly to a rooftop. And Mark's like, hit me again. You know, I wasn't ready. I was scared. It caught me off guard. But I'm ready now. Hit me again. And you can see, like, these are animated characters. And yes, like I said, in some of the slower moments, the animation isn't that good. But you can feel the emotion coming from this character to his father. He just wants to prove himself. He just wants to become a hero. Uh, Omni-Man says, you know, you've got what it takes. It's just going to take time. Um, and he, he gives him a great big old hug. Um, he then takes him to meet a tailor, uh, Art Rosenbaum, who funnily enough is played by Mark Hamill in the show for his very first super suit. Um, but the guy's like, hey, you need to come up with a name. Like, uh, you come up with a hero name, and that's how I can kind of get ideas. First, he tries to sell him a suit that he'd already made, and Omni-Man said, Art, it's not your best work. And he says, what, you, you got to forgive a guy for trying to push unsold merchandise. Um, so back at home, uh, later that night, uh, Mark is outside practicing his flying. He's put a couple big divots in the lawn. And his mom comes outside and says, hey, look, I got to go to work tomorrow. You got to knock this off. You got to go to bed yourself. You got school. And there's like a tense moment between them. And he says, I got to practice. I got to get better. And she's like, no, you got to go to bed. And he walks up to her chest puffed out like a teenage boy who just thought he's the shit. And he goes, make me. And she looks at him and she's like, does that make you feel strong? Knowing that I can't do anything uh, to you, that I'm much weaker than you. Uh, and then they have this this very sweet moment where she says, well, look, you know, I'm still your mother. I still care about you and that sort of thing. Um, they have kind of a heart to heart 
uh, about his anxieties with Omni Man later. That I, I'm assuming the next day. Will they play catch um, around the world? So this is a really cool scene where they are back to back floating in the sky, and Omni Man goes, "All right, you hear it? It's coming. Here it comes. Are you ready?" And this ball whizzes through the clouds, and Mark catches it with his with his mitt. And he's like, good, you, you caught it, you saw it. And he's like, okay, yeah. And so he throws it back around, it blasts through a mountain, it goes through some clouds, it nearly clips a passenger airline, which I don't know if that's foreshadowing for something else. It hasn't happened. Maybe it hasn't <laughs> in all these episodes. I'm not sure. Uh, <clears throat> but Omni-Man tells him, look, you know, a lot of kids your age think that they're invincible. They think that they can do anything. And they think that they can't be hurt. And he says, but that's where you're different, Mark. You are invincible. And so Mark takes that name and he goes to the, the tailor and he gets himself a, a brand new costume. And he flies around to some bopping music. He's getting the hang of flying. He's doing some flips. And then there's a, uh, in the city, he sees a laser blast, blast through like a few buildings. And he goes, whoa. And he goes over to it. And there's a guy blasting some cops away. And then he comes down and he knocks him around a little bit. And he's like, you know, who are you? And he, he says, I'm, I'm invincible. Or no, he says, I am. And then the, the title card comes up and says invincible. And that's a recurring theme that you're going to see in every single episode. Um, so he did much better than his first fight. But then there's, there's kind of an after credit scene. Like they start rolling the, the credits and they say, Hey, you know, this is based on the comic by Robert Kirkman, blah, blah, blah. Oh, wait, there's more. Red Rush, the Flash character, is he's trying to have a date with his girlfriend, Olga. And he's sitting down and they're at a picnic and he goes, he runs off to fight some crime real quick, ties a bad guy up and then comes back. And he's still in his Red Rush outfit. And she's like, what are you doing? And he like, he goes and changes back into his normal clothes. You know, like, I'm sorry. You know, I just have to, I have to fight crime. And he talks about how fast he moves in relation to everyone else. And he says, look, even the briefest conversation with anyone seems like hours to me. It's agony. And she like looks at him and he's like, oh, of course not you. You know, every word that you say, I hang on and I, I love you and you're beautiful and precious to me and all that. Uh, but then he gets a page from like his, uh, the, this Justice League is called the Guardians of the Globe. Like, he gets a signal, and so he's like, I've got to go, and he zooms off. And then the Immortal, who is uh, voiced by Ross Marquand, he throws, and and he uh, also voices uh, Aquarius, but he throws a bad guy into space. Uh, he's like, I've got enough plutonium to blow up this entire state or something. And so he's like, when in doubt, throw them into space. And then he gets a page, and he flies off. Then Aquarius, who is like the Aquaman character, but he's like a fish guy. He's sitting on his throne and he's look, looking kind of bored. He gets a page. He goes, yes, finally. And then he swims off. And War Woman, who's supposed to be the, the Wonder Woman equivalent, uh, played by Lauren Cohan. She's in her alter ego as a businesswoman. She gets the, the call and says, you know, I got to go. Her assistant actually says something along the lines of, don't you do enough for the world or something? And and she looks at her and she goes, you know, none of us do. And I thought, wow, that's a pretty profound moment anyway uh, for a for a cheeky little cartoon. So she goes after she gets the page. Now, Martian Man, who's played by Chad Coleman, 
He is the like Martian Manhunter equivalent, though he can kind of shapeshift. He's on the floor, all flattened out, practicing his stretching abilities in a dilapidated looking apartment with what looks to be like a little homeless girl uh, who's they're, they're measuring how far he can stretch and he's testing his records. And then he gets the call and he goes. Green Ghost, who's played by uh, Sonequa Martin Green, is she's working at a photo shoot. She gets the call. She goes. And then Darkwing, kind of the the Bat Batman character, he's played by Lenny James, which and on Amazon. So you can do this thing where you pause the video. And when you pause the video, it brings up all of the actors that are in the scene. And I, I just looked at his picture for a moment, but I believe he is. Uh, the same actor that plays on The Walking Dead. And I can't remember what that character's name was, but he's got like the stick and he practices the nonviolence and then the ultraviolence, or maybe it's the other way. Maybe it's the ultraviolence and then the nonviolence. Um, anyway, on The Walking Dead, he is stopping a robber on a rooftop and then he gets the call and they all, they all zoom off to this secret mountain mountaintop base. Now, who gave the call? And, and I'm thinking this whole time, well, this is an extra long after credit scene. Uh, and as they're standing there debating on who gave this call, Red Rush realizes that Immortal is in danger. And he zooms to push the Immortal out of the way just in time for Omni-Man coming off screen to throw a punch at the, the space where Immortal was. And they're like, what the heck? Omni-Man, what are you doing here? And they think he might be uh, mind-controlled or something, so they're all shocked. They attack him. Uh, Red Rush is saving team members left and left and right. Like, Omni-Man goes to strike, and he's moving them out of the way. And then he delivers a fast punch to Omni-Man, another fast punch, and then a third fast punch, and Omni-Man catches his hand. He's got him now. And then he grabs him by the head, both hands on either side of his head. And Red Rush is just punching him. He's punching him in the chest like the the high speed friction of his hands are tearing off Omni-Man's uh, suit. And he's, he's crushing his head and he's punching him in the chest. And he's punching so hard, but he's just, his wrists are bending. And so he's just punching him with wrists as his hands are broken. And Omni-Man is getting physically, visibly hurt. Like his chest is being bruised. He's got a, a bloody nose or he coughs up some blood or something, but eventually succeeds and crushes Red Rush's skull in between his hands. Um, the, the, it's crazy. They're all like, no. And then the Martian wraps him up. War Woman attacks, socks him across the face with like her scepter. And then she's knocked down. Darkwing he throws some bombs. He tries to jump over. Omni-Man grabs his, grabs his foot and slams him, you know, Hulk Loki style right into the ground, though he is not as durable as Loki. And so he smashes into a bunch of pieces as he hits the ground. Green Ghost. Uh, oh, he throws Darkwing at Green Ghost who catches him. And she looks up and says, oh, no, right in time for Omni-Man to put his fist right through her face. Uh Aquarius, like he, um, he, he starts to blast water, uh, at, at Omni-Man and then Martian binds him up again and the immortal and, uh, the immortal and war woman. Did I call her wonder woman? 
the immortal and war woman they just go into beating omni-man in the face and omni-man's getting his ass beat but then he grabs the like i guess the heart of the martian man and rips it out off i assume killing him uh war woman he grabs her head twists her neck um at some point he smashed aquarius's face in oh yeah he used uh war woman's scepter to smash Aquarius's face in. And then he puts his hand through immortal's belly and then chops his head off. Now I guess immortal is kind of like a, uh, kind of like a Highlander guy where you have to cut his head off to kill him. Uh, or maybe something else you'll see an episode. Other, other one, I, I guess I already said spoilers. So if you're here, you're looking for spoilers, unless you were looking for spoilers one by one episode, in which case I am sorry. And then that's it. That's the real, Roll credits of episode one as Omni-Man passes out in his um, in this cave filled with his victims. <sighs> what a start to a show. What a start to a show. Now, there is so much foreshadowing in this show. Uh, and of course, I didn't realize it at the time on my first watch through. But listening to some of the dialogue choices, looking at some of the character interactions and some of the setup. uh Everything that happened in episode seven and eight was perfectly foreshadowed by this first episode. And now I guess in the comics, things went maybe a little bit differently. However, uh, I, I, they moved up the timeline because Omni-Man's betrayal happened, I guess, later in the comics. But here they start off with episode one right off the jump. You thought, oh, wow, he's got his powers. This is great. But then it goes to this scene. And it's just very, very violent. The violence in this show, it does not let up either. Like, this is a very violent show, episode one through eight. Of course, some episodes are a little less so violent than others. Um, but but this was a shock when I watched it for the first time. And I think a lot of people's reactions were very much the same. Like I said about the animation, is it is inconsistent when it is slow. There are a couple really obvious points where it just looks like, man, did you guys spend any budget at all on this thing? And the, the last thing I want to say about the show, now I know this isn't too much of a uh, dissection, discussion, theorizing kind of episode, and most of these probably won't be because I've seen them all already, so I'm not going to theorize on, that'd be cheating, or I guess I could theorize and be 100% accurate, but this show... Like when it comes to WandaVision, when it comes to Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, and the Marvel stuff, like I am so embedded in that stuff. And every time a new show comes out, a new character is announced, I go online, I go to the wiki and I check them out. I'm like, what is this character about? What are some major uh, plot points with this character? Who are their enemies? Who are their allies? And I figure out kind of what might happen or what characters we might see or what arcs might develop based on my quick little research. Now, I haven't, of course, read the, the comics requisite to get all that information, so I get it off the internet. This one was really nice, and I, I, it kind of makes me lament my decision to become so embedded in those other shows, is because I, I had no idea anything about Invincible. I just knew it was a new animated show, it was supposed to be for adults, and it was on a subscription service that I already have. So I'm going into this one blind. When I started, uh, and there is something pretty interesting about going into a thing blind, especially if it is a thing as good as this, that has some surprises. 
Now, did this happen in the comics? I'm sure it did. Uh, but gosh, dang it. I didn't know it was coming and it was nice. So no, no surprises for me. So I look forward to talking more, uh, with you about (laughs) invincible, but that's going to wrap up, uh, this episode. And remember you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Twitter at culture jacked, or send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on the streaming platform that you're listening to us on. Also, make sure to tune in to our other shows. We've got The Weekend Wire on Sunday, Monday Madness, The News Desk on Thursday, The Friday Show, and of course, on today's episode here today. So with all that being said, we will see you on the next episode.